0: This,
1: uh, this is Joe Cole. This is Ruben off the cheek and you're listening to the London is London Blue, Blue podcast.
0: podcast. All Chelsea fans, London is Blue crew, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Again, hosted by Editor Jake, uh, Jeremiah Ludacris, aka I'm back. The guys are getting ready for this US tour that we're going to chat about today, so they brought us in as the backup crew. It is myself, Editor Jake, Ollie Glanville, and CFC Central, a.k.a. Sam. And we're here to talk a little bit about the tour itself. You know, while the guys are over there, they're packing up their bags, they're getting ready to hit Vegas and all that. We're, we're going to take a look at the the squad, what it means for Chelsea, what it means for Tuchel, who's coming in, who's not coming, who's going to make the big statement. We're chatting all things chelsea summer tour so uh, before we start how are you guys doing are you guys excited about the summer tour is there any game in particular that you're most excited for ollie
1: yeah absolutely i mean you know this is this um i know obviously uh the boys are doing some interesting things wherever there (laughs) and you should check out the other pods where they they (laughs) make it clear what uh you know how and where to to get involved with all that i think that's going to be really great um, but also, I just think there are a lot of interesting options that Tuchel's, um bringing with them. And, you know, because of untoward circumstances, they may get a bigger say than they maybe intended to or, or thought they would. So be interesting to come on to.
0: Yeah, it's a good note on uh, all the London is Blue plans. Make sure that you guys go listen to the other episodes. If you're planning to go to a match during the summer tour, we'll be there. Uh, London is Blue as an entity. Uh, whether it's all of us or some of us, we'll be there. Uh, There's plans for big events. Uh, Nick just did a whole pod with some of the local CFC fan groups about it. They're really extravagant. Di Matteo is going to be there at some of the matches. Some other big names will be there. Lots of Q&A, live pods. There's a pool party going on in Vegas. I mean... London is blue is going all out for the CFC summer tour. So make sure that you go listen to those pods. You get in touch with us on socials, find the forums that we've made for scheduling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. CFC in America's got stuff. It's all over the place. Just, just go look a little bit and you'll, you'll definitely be able to find out what's going on in your plans for the tour. Uh, personally, I'll be in Orlando. So if you want to say hi to me, that's where I'll be at, you know, Florida boy, we'll be partying it up. It'll be a good time. Um, Sam, are you excited for any of the the CFC games potential or in
2: particular? Are you going to be able to watch from over there? Um, I do not think I'm going to be able to watch. Unfortunately, uh, I think it's some pay per view something in India. Just my fortune. Always, is <laughs> I need to get a British passport as soon as possible. But
0: it's always a tough I thing. The preseason games. Sometimes they're like on ESPN. Sometimes they're like even here. They're they're. they're it's like a puzzle every year.
2: Yeah, and it's four thirty a.m. in the morning for me, Ooh. so I mean, it's it's going to be an absolute pain following it. But yeah, I mean, um, I think more than the more than the quality of the opposition we are playing against, or whichever whichever games we are playing, I think more than that, I'm just very keen to look at some of the guys who've come back from loan. I really, really think Ampadu could be could be a dark horse. Could get his opportunity if he plays his cards right. Gallagher, Gilmore, so many guys. Colville, I mean, so so exciting to see him you know, finally get some game time, hopefully. So fingers crossed. Harvey Vale as well. So, yeah, I, I think more than more than anything else, I think it's just seeing these youngsters back in action, seeing them wear the Chelsea kit, and hopefully pull out some really good performances that will give Tuchel a good kind of headache.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think you called out a couple of the names. I'll go through the full list. This is a podcast, so you can't see the full list that we're looking at unless you've pulled out your phone and gone to Twitter or something, but... Uh, we've got Kepa, we've got Bettinelli, Mendy, uh, Teddy Sharman-Lowe, Marcus Alonso, Ampadu, Azpilicueta, Trev Chalaba, Ben Shilwell, Levi Colwell, Reese James, Kennedy, Emerson, Malongsar, Sar, Tiago Silva, Ross Barkley, Connor Gallagher, Billy Gilmore, Jorginho, Kovacic, Mount, Harvey Vale, Tino Andrin, Mishi Batshuai, been a while, Kai Havertz, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Christian Pulisic, Timo Werner, and Hakim Ziyech all going on the tour. There is a few names missing that you probably notice. Um, we'll get to it. Don't worry. We will talk about some of the people who aren't there and some of the people who are there. Um, but, Ali, who are you most excited about being there and who are you most disappointed and missing out on?
1: Uh, most excited just to see back in Chelsea Blue. I think it's Levi Colwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, it, as well, he's he's in a, a position that we really need right now. And as, as we speak, as we record, we have not signed a centre-back. And it does not look like we're going to sign a centre back imminently either, despite the fact that we seem to have agreed terms, uh personal terms at least, uh, with Nathan Aki. And so Levi has has an early chance to impress um Thomas Tuchel, even if we do sign one centre back. Um and in the same way that Trev did last uh preseason, just you know, make yourself undeniable. Mm-hmm. Be there when you really need to, when the manager is looking, you know, under his gaze, and you know, make sure that you show what you've got because we know his talent is pretty undeniable. In terms of disappointed not being on the tour, I'd probably go with Dujon. Um, I know Dujon Sterling um, uh, couldn't make it, and that's unfortunate. But the, re- the reality is that Tuchel really likes him, um, and we may actually see him get a run out. Um, at Udinese which was hastily arranged um, after the U.S. tour which I believe is on the 29th of July and we get back from the U.S. around the 24th 25th of the Arsenal game in Florida so yeah it'll be really interesting to see if he actually um, comes through him Becomes a really useful um, squad player because Tuchel really rates him. His physicality, his his versatility, his ability on the ball, his kind of short-headedness, he, and he's he's kind of very calm as well as a person. Um, and he just offers you a bunch of cover in positions of need, like behind Reese, right centre back, right back. You know, so these are all areas that are really useful for us.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty wild to think that. This tour almost had a full Cobham back line, um, if not for missing a couple of names. The Levi Colwell entrance alongside Trev Chalaba, we could see them play together in a full Cobham center back duo. Not only that, we could have seen Ian Matson and Dujon Sterling in the back line if they had both made it, um, which are two names missing. I couldn't agree more that it is a bit of a bummer to see them missing out. Because that would have been pretty fun, I think. I know we all love a little Cobham entrance into the squad, a full Cobham back line, even if you had had Reese James up there, it would have been. So, could have been pretty exciting to see that. It is a bit of a bummer to be missing out on that. Sam, do you have anybody
2: in particular that you wish would have made the squad? Well, in terms of who I am looking forward to watching, I think it would be Conor Gallagher. I think that it sort of intrigues me what plan Tuchel has for him, because in the current system, in the current formations we play, I don't I don't see really the space for you know an advanced eight option that he's been playing at Crystal Palace obviously if we do go there mount obviously becomes the the number one starter there because he's proven that he can do both sides of the game really well extremely balanced can contribute all around the field gallagher I don't know if he can fit into one of those slots behind the center forward in the 3421 whether he'll be playing as one of the two central midfielders or whether he'll be playing you know for, you know, one of like Tuchel's brainwaves, you might see him in a double pivot somewhere, you know. So, I really don't know what the plan is. He's clearly done a lot of things right at Crystal Palace. He did trail off towards the end of the season, but that's expected with young players, you know. He's played in an incredible amount of football over the last three, four years. He's been critical wherever he's gone, right from Charlton, then Swansea, then he's gone to West Brom, played throughout so I think it will be interesting. A juncture just, I feel, that makes make or break for him. So I think it'll be interesting to see how Tuchel uses him. I'm, I'm sort of like a little worried about, uh, obviously, like Oli mentioned, uh, dujon has been through a, a really tough time, you know, after, after everything he's gone through. I think it would have been lovely to see him also get some minutes. He's definitely earned it, deserved it, gone out on loan dutifully, done a really good job, come back. So would have been really nice to see him as well. Glad that Ruben Loftus Cheek is not there. Ruben in America brings back really, really bad memories. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Kante getting a good rest hopefully, and um, should be should be good enough to go for the season. But yeah, Sterling misses out.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more about the excitement of having Connor on tour. Uh, Tuchel clearly has had a lot of time to think about this. I mean, Connor burnt it up all year long. I mean, months into the season, people were already building up hype about his return. So it's incredibly exciting. I'm sure Tuchel has spent plenty of time plotting ways to malform our midfield, to put him in the spell of, you know, whatever he wants to do. Like, put him put him front and center and let him have fun. I, I'm sure that we'll see some of that.
2: Also interested to see uh, Michy Batshuayi, you know, the uh, the best Belgian forward to have played for us, center forward to have played for us in recent times. Um, I hope somebody's listening to this podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I had to get that off my chest. Thank you. It's, it's, <laughs> hey,
0: the stats don't lie. That man scored a Prem winning goal.
2: I, I never saw Lukaku do goal. that. Now that's a legacy. Now that's what I <laughs> yeah. call a Premier League title winning legacy.
0: Come on. But yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see him back. Uh, such a an odd figure over the last few years. some extreme highs and some dull lows, but I'm sure we'll see something exciting out of him. no question. Um, but yeah, the midfield it's 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 a big question mark for the mid uh, the the summer tour. We're gonna see some changes. We're gonna see some new people. Uh, we might see some people playing at different places than we're used to seeing them play. It's really a focal point personally, I'm pretty bummed about Ruben not coming, even though I do agree there is some horrible memories there. So maybe it is a bright thing, but one of my favorites. I wish I could see him. So a little, uh, hurts my heart a little bit. But midfield isn't just about the summer tour either. It's about what happens after. You know, what will these performances mean for some of the potential chatter we've been hearing about? I don't know, this, this dude who, you know, he grew up at Chelsea's. Just a bit of a small talent. His name's Declan, I think. I don't. He's, just, he's a young guy, you know. He's a new guy. He's he's popping up on the scene. What could it mean for him? Could we still see the the chatter around him after a, maybe an impressive midfield performance in, in the U.S. And um, uh, Ollie also has an interesting point here to share with us about a certain someone that I'll, I'll let him I'll let him divulge. On um, Ollie, what is a what is a bun fight, and what does it have to do with Jude Bellingham?
1: So yeah, a bun fight is a is an old English phrase, essentially about the uh, lack thereof of buns and the the reality that everyone wanted one. Um, <laughs> uh, in terms of Jude Bellingham, it's that every single club in Europe is, <laughs> is after Jude Bellingham uh, next summer and has advertised that already. I mean, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, uh, even Man City potentially after Calvin Phillips uh, would all be looking at him. So. That's, yeah, that's the reality
0: there. I just, I just had to let Ollie introduce that because it's in the script. And I asked him beforehand, I was very confused what a bun fight was uh, amongst our little transfer uh, drama in the script. So just had to let him introduce that before we start talking about what this midfield's going to see in the transfer or in the summer uh, tour. Do we see some new stars rise up, do you guys think? I mean, we've already kind of spoken on. Connor Gallagher a little bit, but what do you guys think is, do you think we'll see more Jorginho playing different positions? Do You think we'll still see Kova playing? Do you think maybe even Trev Chalaba will slide back into the midfield as he did very rarely in the past? What do you what do you guys think we'll see change in that midfield? Sam, do you have any thoughts?
2: Ross Barkley, heart hat trick first game. Woo! I am calling it preseason Zidane's going to be on there, but uh, definitely in terms of like I think jokes apart, um there are there are really, really good players in there in terms of potential, in terms of just players who can pop given the right kind of opportunity. Like I said, Ampadu, I think, is is somebody that I've I have my eye on. I, I think that considering his versatility, considering the fact that we might not be going for a center back, you know, Kounde again looks up and down. Are we going? Are we not going? Delict again, it's it's all up and down. So I feel like if he does get a chance, if it's sort of like a transfer ban kind of situation, he's proven that, you know, he he can get into the deep end of the pool and, and stay afloat. He's He was sent to Venezia almost last moment. And he came out of there, even at a relegated side. he performed exceptionally well. And uh, a lot of people at the club said that he was arguably one of the best players there. And um, at his age, to be playing regularly for the national team shown that he has the maturity, shown that he has now got the composure, now has grown into his physical self, has also got the mental attributes needed. So I think Ampadu would be a great, great name to keep eye on. Um, I would also think Gallagher. Gilmore could again be somebody who's eager to prove. I think, again, in terms of when you compare the midfield issues that we've had, at one point in time last season, we didn't have a midfield at all. We were just Mm -hmm. playing... Ruben Loftus-Cheek there. We were playing Saul there. All kinds of midfield combinations. I think somebody like him who's eager to impress after a difficult loan at uh, at Norwich, I think could also be an interesting, um, definitely an interesting dynamic to to keep an eye on. So those two players, I think midfield is going to be key uh, with Kante and Jorginho both uh, running out on their deals next season. So we will have to make contingency plans. And like Oli said, you know, um, I think Jude is, you know, he's the top cat in midfield, which is why everybody's trying to be Bellingham. Uh, so so I think it's it's man, the pen pun was really bad, apologise. But um <laughs> he's 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 definitely going to be somebody that we're going to be keeping an eye on. And Matt Law said that in terms of the costs being mentioned with Dortmund, I think we will be um, keeping a close eye on him as well. So I think midfield getting getting the right kind of profiles in making sure we give Gallagher, Gilmore, Ampadu a chance. So that's what I'll be keeping my eye on.
0: Yeah, I think that's a massive shout. It, it honestly could be the most interesting place to watch, especially with those two guys being more defensive-minded midfielders. It's like you said, we haven't really seen that role work well this year, um, especially when... Conte was struggling and especially when Jorginho was struggling and they're both coming to the end of their contracts like you said it's it's really just this point of interest can we find a defensive minded midfielder who can also move the ball forwards that will gel can can they perform in this team I think it's a huge point especially with Conte and Ruben Loftus-Cheek not on the tour we kind of have room there you know it's It's not one of those situations where we'll all be expecting youth and then we'll see Conte play or we'll see Ruben Loftus-Cheek play. There's nobody else to fill that spot. So youth is almost guaranteed, um, you would imagine. I mean, don't get me wrong. If Kova and Jorginho play all 90 minutes of every game, come at me, I guess. I I wouldn't have seen that coming. But I think it's a really exciting spot, especially with, like you said, two guys who have plenty to prove. Uh, Poor Billy Gilmore coming out of that what seemed like a tragic Norwich team to play. And honestly, I cannot even imagine having to do that. Um, Ollie, do you have anything to, to to note on that midfield? Do you, is there, do you think one of those two in particular will, will be the man?
1: Well, I, th- I think we were talking about, you know, what are we expecting in terms of change? I think the biggest thing is, is just change itself, right? You know, the system, are we going to see a change of system? I think we will come on to later the fact that um, Ian and, uh aren't here might be an issue in terms of wing backs, but in the midfield you know if we're talking about buying these wingers they're not tens so we're going to have to find a way of using them and to me that means switching to a 4-3-3 or a kind of variation of that where we have true wingers up front not these kind of inside forwards mm-hmm. so it will get a kind of uh, steer on that if Billy gets more minutes or if Ethan gets more minutes or if Trev gets more minutes as a sitting holder by themselves, a lone holder, because, you know, as much as we love Georgie, she, he can't <laughs> kind of, he can't fulfill that role by himself unless he has two very dynamic options, uh, either side of him. And to me, the people coming back that Tuchel really likes people like Connor play better as eights, you know, uh, Connor is a, is an eight, in my he's a box to box eight, a late arriving midfielder, who can play ten, he can play six, he can play four in a in a in a pinch. But the reality is that we should be using Mason as an eight, and we should be using Connor as an eight. We should be using Cover as an eight. You know, he's not, he to my mind is more of a box to box midfielder than someone is who is in a double six. So the reality is that. If we see a lot of minutes for a loan holder, then I think it probably steers us towards a late move for a DM in this window. Ooh, <laughs> I don't gee think Georgie. Liz. Yeah, I don't. I don't think because I don't think Georgie or Kante can fulfil that role.
0: Who could it be? I I wonder who will try to chase this time. No so. one. No <laughs> one's on my mind right now. So you'll have to think of something yeah no very very top seeker who we have interested in in the cdm role i hear um but yeah i think i think i mean that's that's really the biggest point is that midfield will we see change will we see players playing new roles it's it's going to be such an interesting kind of shift to watch what happens there for sure especially with these big names coming back but we're going to take a break before we get into some of these new names and what they might be doing in the next season what the off-season might mean for them. We'll, we'll have plenty to talk about. But for right now, it's an ad break. You're going to hear Brandon's voice over some sweet beats. I don't know who made those beats crazy. It's me. It's me. I made them. So we'll be right back.
3: All right. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well, it's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in. You know, We're all focusing on our macros with protein, carbs, and and fat, and now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more durable resistant immune system so what is this stuff well with one delicious scoop of ag1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food sourced superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging all of the things again i do it it's easy it's fast it's quick uh throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work drink it it, it goes down quickly. Uh, and like I said, you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily. Uh, but Hey, don't listen to me. Athletic greens has over 7,000, five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and it's trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael survey. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your gut health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: All right, we're back to it we've got a lot of names on there who we haven't quite covered yet. And some that we have, we'll talk about them some more as well, but we're going to talk expectations for their off season and expectations for their incoming season. What will we see happen to some of these guys who, you know, are fairly new names to some Chelsea fans, whether or not you, you know, have paid attention to the Academy. Maybe they aren't, maybe they are, but the first one I want to call out, because it's it's a name that I hear quite rarely, is Teddy Sharman Lowe. He's making a pretty big move to be in this squad, it feels like. I, I haven't seen his name thrown around quite as much as many of our other youth players. What do you think that this offseason will mean for him? And what do you think he's going to be doing next season, depending on you know how you think he'll perform in the offseason, Ollie?
1: Well, he's just been newly promoted to officially uh, the kind of number one under 23 keeper he's got uh, competition in that regard with uh, eddie beach coming in um but he's also a european champion along with uh, another player on the list harvey vale who was captain um he was an unused sub but he's part of the squad um so <laughs> he went away with england uh, along with Bashir Humphreys and harvey and came back with a trophy um i think He'll be looking for rotational minutes on tour, hopefully starting one of the games. I don't see why not. He's a very good up-and-coming goalkeeping talent, obviously homegrown, and, yeah, he's uh, one to watch throughout the season.
0: You have to think he gets some minutes there. I feel like, you know, you could argue that maybe he's being brought along for the experience, but come on, if you're going to bring four keepers, you got to give the, the youth some experience. Come on. I, I can't see it not happening um harvey vale another big one that you brought up there an exciting name uh big fifa career mode guy if, if anybody out there is starting your road to glory career mode team harvey vale a, a pretty good pickup if you ask me just you, you heard it here first um sam what do you think about him he's he's clearly somebody who's gotten a little chatter over the last few years he's kind of a, a prospect in our squad. Do you have anything in particular that you like about his gameplay or anything in particular you expect to see?
2: Definitely exciting. I mean, um, I was doing a lot of work on Levi Colville recently to sort of go back to his academy games and see how he's progressed from there to Huddersfield Town. And when you look at Harvey play, I mean, obviously he's he's exciting. You can't you can't really miss him. He is very, very talented, explosive in terms of he he genuinely makes things happen from from the right hand side and he's got a great um a great left foot as well so i think he's he's definitely going to be one for the future would have ideally loved to have sealed you know our top 4 last season earlier so he could have got a few games in and i think that experience would have been critical no matter what happens to him this season but um i think irrespective just letting him get Just a a few minutes here and there. You know, if he gets a start, if he gets a couple of starts, I think I would be the happiest for him. He's definitely got somewhat like a Callum Hudson-Odoi kind of vibe to him. Somebody who can just break out in in pre-season and suddenly everybody's taking notice. And that's what you want to do. You know, you want to put him in, in the loan shop window and not just any window. You want him arguably to go in a club which will say, all right come and we will give you 30-35 games. Even if it's in the championship, I would say that's a great, great deal to go with. I think a championship is is a very underrated league in terms of just how grueling it is. You know, you play, I think, 42 games over the season. So, it, it is it is an intense fixture list with, with guys who have come from League 1 and League 2, you know, who, who are basically on, on just average salaries, willing to go into two-footed tackles to make sure that that they're making ends meet. So to thrive in that kind of situation, to, to play and get minutes in your body, I think is the most important thing for him. He has the talent. He is extremely, extremely technical. He has, in terms of his vision, in terms of his shooting, he's there. He's absolutely there. But he now has to create avenues for other parts of his game to improve. He has to figure out, how do I get my endurance in? You know, how do I how do I play in a team where I won't probably have the kind of possession I do playing for the youth side? I think those challenges he needs to sort of get used to and and expand his horizons and then figure out what he wants to do say a couple of years down the line.
0: Yeah, I think that's a big challenge for a lot of people on this tour. I mean, it. the more you look at the list, the more you're like, oh, he's there too. Uh, on top of him, you you brought up the Huddersfield, and Tino Andron is on the tour list. He is in a pretty similar place, I feel like. You know, he's had his good moments. I mean, he's even made a debut for our first team. It's like he said, he kind of wished that we had finished up a season. He got to do that in 2020, I believe, uh, coming in for a game where we had absolutely routed, I think, Everton. Somebody somebody, we routed. And he got a couple minutes, I think like 20 minutes or something. So it's it's like... You know, he's kind of back in the picture. He's getting a little chance to show off some. He's getting a little chance to refine some of those things that he's had all of these years that have brought him into the conversation, and he might be looking for another big loan to another big championship squad. Um, there's just so many exciting players here. Um, I mean, Ampadu, again, we spoke about him a little bit where do you guys see Ampadu going? I'm very
1: curious about that.
0: Ollie, do you have any spots that you think Ampadu in particular will be moving to or will he stay? What do you what do you think is gonna happen with him? It feels like such a big question mark.
1: I mean, ideally I'd like him to stick around. I just think he ticks so many boxes. Um, you know, in the the keep sell alone series that um obviously London is Blue Pod do. <laughs> um I said that uh, I said I'd love to keep him around because of five subs, because uh, he fulfills every centre-back uh, option. Mm-hmm. He can play right-back in a push, maybe even right-wing-back like he did for uh, Venezia this season. He can play DM, CM as he sometimes does for Wales. He's even played 10 for Wales at <laughs> times. So the reality is he can play like so many positions on the pitch that, and so versatile that... He's exactly the sort of person you want around the squad. Unfortunately for him, that probably means he doesn't start as many games as he would like, or, you know, not minutes that he'd like, not minutes of value, just games in the cup, um, or to close out games. But that's like a, such a crucial role at an elite club. It's whether it's whether that's something that he wants, in a World Cup year especially, mm-hmm. that he's worked so hard towards. You know, this is... The first time Wales have um, got to a World Cup in so many years, like sixty plus years, that you know he's really got got to make sure that he makes that World Cup squad. I don't, I don't think there's any danger that he he'll miss out. I think the even the, a new manager would love him, but the reality is that maybe he'll want to make it safe and and make a move where he gets those minutes. But as I say, I think. Tuchel would be very, very happy to have him around.
0: Yeah, I think that's really the end story, is that Thomas Tuchel seems to love a player like Empadudemi. He seems to love being able to stick a player somewhere new on the field and say, go figure it out. Um, We don't see it a lot, but when we see players who can do that, he seems to enjoy playing them more. Um, So it is kind of exciting. I think that he could find his place in this team. I also hope he does. He deserves it, man. It's been like what five years of the Ethan have experiment. I hope he gets a chance. I feel bad <laughs> because he's coming and he's had great moments. And then there's always some roadblock, either someone else stepping up or, you know, a change in the performances or something always seems to get in the way. So I hope this is the year. I hope we get to see him fulfill his potential a little bit. And I, I agree. I think he could, you know, be a great fill in any spot on the team when we need him. Um, yeah. There's a few other names here. Levi Cole. I feel like we've kind of spoken about. It's a similar role for him. Uh, a little bit younger, a little bit newer on the scene for us. Uh, obviously, he's done some great performances on loan, proving himself to extreme levels. So, it's it's just kind of a question of what kind of experience will we see. Who will we see prove themselves in these center back roles, center defensive roles? We'll see all kinds of experiments. I'm sure we'll see loans start coming out. All depending on how these performances go. It's really, I think, most of it's up in the air. Um, I don't know if you guys, do you guys have any secrets though? Is there anybody, you're like, oh, I know that this person's going to go on loan. Anybody in particular?
1: <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> we, know, we, know, we know who's who's interested in Levi. You know, there, there, are, there are 32 clubs to this point who have asked about Levi Colwell. Makes sense. There are, there are around a similar amount who've asked about um, Armando Breuer. So the reality is that if, they don't get minutes here. They will get minutes elsewhere. Yeah. The big yeah, I think that's I have, our biggest challenge. Yeah, the big issue I have is that, unlike Armando, Levi is in a position of need. He is free. His ceiling is super high. Like, you know, you're talking, like, you know, next John Terry high. The reality is that he needs to stay around. He needs to be... He, we need to find a pathway for players like Levi, and on this tour, I think that Tuka will find that he, you know, he is undeniable. I think his talent will be undeniable. It would be obvious, like Trev last preseason just stepped up and showed, look, I'm here to stay. You need to play me, you know, stop trying to farm me out on loan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Levi has to make a similar statement, and I hope he does.
0: Yeah, you have to hope too that we've learned from the Mark Gurhie et cetera experiences, Tamori. You would think that maybe we'll, we'll, we'll turn it around a little bit. And Not to say that, you know, we did our business with the boys, and while we missed them, maybe it was the right decision. That's up to debate. But to see young, talented center backs coming up, especially, like you said, in a time where that position's so in need, you have to hope that we're seeing a little bit of a different outcome. We'll find out. All that being said, all the drama covering, you know, potential loanies, the youth, everybody who's coming into the tour with some – question marks above their heads. We also have transfer question marks. Um, Delict, what's going on? What's going on, Ollie? What's the deal with Delict?
1: It's a very good question. I don't think there is a deal right now, or at least not between clubs. Um, the, the issue with Delict is is the same, you know, um, as it was with the, the late Mineraiolo, is that he's managed by one of the premier sport agencies in the world uh, called One, which is now operated by Rafaela Pimenta, who was uh, Minerola's number two and has just stepped into the role, basically. Um, and they have a very good relationship with Bayern Munich. Um, you're talking about, the, you know, they've sent Gravenbeck there, they sent Masraoui there this window, um, and they want to make it a perfect hat trick of agents' fees, obviously, because that's the sort of business we're in. Um, but I wouldn't say that Delict has, has set his heart on it. Um, I, I don't actually think that every pro buy source is necessarily 100% right <laughs> on that, believe it or not. It's almost like they're being briefed by the agency or the club. Who knew? Um, I think Juve will take the top offer on that. For us, it's more about value for money. Is the league a player who really does not excel in the three uh, and is more of a, a back two player, so much so that actually at the World Cup, Holland, if they play a back three, might not start Delict. And if they do, he has to play central. Mm. Um, you know, is he the player you go after? There are lots of people on the market right now, people like Kalidou Koulibaly, you know, Gleisen Bremer, um, you know, even Milenkovic at Fiorentina. Or, you know, there are, there are just a vast amount. Wesley Fofana at Leicester, who at this money, you're talking like £85 million, pounds. It's what they're asking, 100 million euros. That's an extortionate amount of money for a centre-back, even if Juve buy someone the other way, which is potentially where that deal would end up going if it did go through, someone like a Jorginho, for instance, or an Emerson or whoever they're interested in. I think Pooley was the last one they're asking. The reality is that that is a massive amount of money that potentially could be much better utilised unless Tuchel really, really wants the player and yeah. if he really wants the player, does that kind of point towards a back four potentially
0: yeah I think that, that is definitely an interesting uh, point that Tuchel is clearly at least pretty interested so the back four slowly rising out of the shadows a little bit here uh, I'll throw Sam this one we have another name a big name a familiar name Nathan Ake what's do you think he fits back in the squad if we really go for this? Do you think he is a better replacement? What do you think Nathan Ake can bring to the squad, Sam? Well,
2: I think, I think people are sort of discounting him a little too much, saying that, you know, he's Manchester City's second choice behind Aymeric Laporte and and all that. He is a quality player. I mean, if you watch his performances for, for Bournemouth, I think the way he played in a relegation-threatened side, the way he Sort of led from from you know in the front foot and and proved by example that you can play really well even when you're you're under pressure all the time. I think proved that he sort of matured over the over the ages. Uh, we had a buyback clause back then, I think at forty million, but we didn't exercise it, so he went to City. The only issue I have is over the past two years, he hasn't played more than a thousand minutes in in either of those seasons. So, are we going to pay fifty million for somebody? who we haven't evaluated in crunch games or over a consistent period of games. How is he performing when he's playing in Russia one day and two days later, he's back at Stamford Bridge playing somewhere else. So it's it's a big question mark for me. I think based on, on a sample size, I would want more data. I would want more um, to go on in terms of approving that decision. I don't think he's a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. He can play a back four. He can play a back three. knows the club well. Um, I think at this age, I think he's 27, 28. I think at that age he's he's definitely a senior player. I think we've lost a lot of experience. Like Ollie was saying, if we are replacing center backs, we are also going to need a lot of experience. We're going to need somebody who's a leader in the dressing room, somebody who is excellent at organizing, you know, defenses and and talking people, talking to people and making sure his defensive partners when we go into those deeper stages of the Champions League, know what they're doing. And to lose Christensen and Rudiger and to have, say, effectively, Ampadu, Colville, um, Trevor Chaloba playing in the back line, it is a little concerning for me. So I, so I would definitely want somebody with Khalidu Koulibari's experience there to sort of move and switch with, with Thiago Silva. And uh, hopefully we can make that happen. Aki, not the worst decision. But at fifty million, makes me think.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, the price point, the lack of play time, just little things about Aké. Okay, While well, he's clearly a talented centre back, he's clearly made his mark on the Prem over the years. It's just it feels like there's better options on the market, and you can't help but wonder if we're giving City all of that money, and they're happily giving up the centre back, knowing the way that they attack depth. Who are they going to turn around and grab off the market instead? You know, uh, Ollie brought up multiple names. I mean, they could turn around and grab Fofana if it was an option to them. You know, I'm not saying Leicester would probably ever do that, but the way we've seen City spend money in the past, if we're giving them 50 mil for a center back, who knows what they'll do with it. So I can't help but kind of feel like we're giving them the power there while taking a center back who, like you said, hasn't really been able to be on the world stage for the last couple of years.
1: To your point, they're linked with kunde
0: And that's the other conversation is Kunde is someone that we've had such up and down transfer with, you know, there's, like we've said, I think today, like we, we still don't really know what's happening there. (laughs) It's happening, then it's not happening, then it's happening, then it's not happening. So it really is like, if we go to Ake, who is, you know, not a top world center back, are we fueling them to take away our other targets in Kunde and Koulibaly and all these people who are top world centre-backs right now? It's it's a concern to me, I feel like. I don't know if you guys have anything to say on that, just the idea of fueling City, but it's definitely a concern of mine.
2: Well, definitely. I mean, look at look at Josco Guardiol, for example, somebody who's made a splash, in, and obviously in the Bundesliga, in terms of judging defenders, I think it's a good place because you have to deal with a lot of transitions, you have to deal with a lot of 1v1s, high chaos situations, which I think ideally make for great education for centre-backs. So are we funding their Tosto Guardiola? Are we, are we funding their Pau Taurus? Are we funding somebody better? I, I think that's a that's an extremely good point for you to make in terms of can we get somebody better? And, and the question is, at this stage, at, at this stage when he's 28, I am not getting any resale value. I think mm-hmm. people sort of get a little disappointed when you use that term resale value. But if Aki would have come at 40, 50 million at 26 on a four-year deal, I would have said, okay, On in his peak, we know where he stands. Mm. And maybe then we can recoup a little bit of money and see where he goes. But right now, I think there is a lot of risk involved. And I would rather sort of not spend that money and strengthen elsewhere because um, we've got Colville. So let's just, in our heads put a self-inflicted transfer ban and say that, yes, we're going to put Colville at LCB. We're going to put Chalaba at RCB and, and get a good central centre-back. If you can't get Dilik, that's okay. Get kulibari Go all out all out for Koulibaly. At his age, at his salary, he's being offered 6 million net, I think, by Napoli and, and a job after he's done. Peanuts. Peanuts for a guy with that experience. You know, absolutely nothing. It's just, negotiating with De Laurentiis is going to be a pain. But once you get past that and once you manage a transfer fee for somebody who's past 30, it's, I think, a deal, just a no-brainer in terms of filling that that void that we have at, you know, centre-back. And, and then put the faith and see which options open up next year. I think next year is going to be a great market for centre-backs. Kouadiole is going to be there. Evan Ndika is, is somebody I've been watching in, in the Bundesliga. He's been excellent. When he played for Frankfurt. So, again, somebody who's done really well. Uh, Jean Claire Tadibault in, in France has been doing really well. As, so, I think there are like three or four young, promising center backs who we could go after next year. So, this year, like I said, the best thing to do if if Ake is giving you second thoughts, trust what you have yeah. and then reevaluate next year.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's something that we've kind of struggled with in the past, you know, buying a player to fill a space when we have talent. And it would be a little frustrating to see it happen again, personally. Um, Especially, like you said, when there's so many options popping up over the next year and right now. And for me personally, when we're fueling the biggest beast in the league, you know, we already are spending $50 mil on Raheem Sterling, and I, while well, I think that's a great transfer, I think that we're winning that transfer personally. Like we are getting our value out of that. I don't know if adding to that is a great idea when we're talking about the team that will not be afraid to spend $50 million on another great player. All right, moving on, though, from all of that chatter, all of the center-back chatter, what's going on with the wingbacks? No Dujon Sterling on tour, like we said, and no Ian Matson on tour either. I don't know if we really covered it, but Ian Matson, a great talent in the youth, could have had a chance to make a spot on this tour. What do we think will fill that space? If we're talking about Ake still, we're talking about Kunde still. Can those people fill that space if we're signing them, in theory? Or are we going to see a switch of the system that's going to help fill that space? Maybe there will be less of a wing back and more of a, you know, kind of standard right and left back full back role, and we can see center backs move into those spots. I'd love to hear what you guys think on this, Oli. What do you what do you expect to happen with the wing back role over this summer?
1: Yeah, I mean, this uh, this is this is you know going back to how uncomfortable we are about paying big money for for Nathan Aki. Anyway, the only kind of like happy accident to that would be potentially that he has the ability to play left back as well as centre back, left centre back in a three, and then if Kunde was his mirror for that then I guess it makes a kind of warped sense uh, if that was the kind of transfer plan. But it doesn't really feel like it is. It just feels like we want two centre-backs that can play, you know, all across the back or as a, or in a back two, which, um, which Nathan has done. Um, but yeah, I'd, I think it will inform a lot what Tuchel does uh, in the opening game and then from then on. Because I think in the opening game, we're going to see the most experimentation, the most kind of out there system. I don't think we'll see just the standard setup. I think we'll see what they've been trying in training and, and different kind of nuances that he's wanted. Because let's not forget, this is Tuchel's first uninterrupted summer. You know, he is not only leading transfers, but he's had weeks to kind of formulate some ideas on, you know, what we need to do differently. It's not just about Changing what we do in the, in the attack, that has ramifications for what happens further back in the team. So if someone like Anaki comes in, then what does that mean? Does that mean he's going to play left centre-back in a four? Is he going to be cover at left back? Or does it mean that we're going to perpetuate the left centre-back in the three? Um, in which case, then we would need another centre-back. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one to watch. Um, To me, I would be far more comfortable with someone more versatile as a centre-back because Mm. Nathan can't really play right centre-back or central centre-back, in my opinion, even though he has played DM at certain points. Um, Someone like Akula Valley has played left centre-back, right centre-back and central centre-back and in a two uh, for the national team uh, and with Napoli. So, yeah, I just think maybe we can get better value for money. But in terms of the switcher system, let's just see how it plays out from the beginning because it's interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, just context. I mean, we're talking about a team that hasn't had a lot of change in the defense, I would argue. Um, I mean, the entrance of Thiago Silva, who's who's been impressive. But we've seen Quetta back there for... God knows how long now. (laughs) And we may be saying goodbye this summer. We've seen Marcus Alonso back there for so long now, and we may be saying goodbye this summer. So it's going to be a spot where there has to be a transfer. We know that. It's just a matter of what it will mean in terms of positioning. Will it be a fullback? Will it be a wingback? Will it be a center back that we see come in? I'm sure Tuchel will definitely be experimenting to find out what his answer is for that. Um, Sam, do you have any thoughts on this before we... Wrap up.
2: No, I completely agree with Oli here. I think it all depends on what exactly we're looking at in terms of a blueprint. Are we going with the back three? Are we going with the back four? I think, in terms of what we have already, is substantial. Uh, we have Marcos Alonso, we have Emerson, we have Matson. So we are stopped, absolutely stopped at left back. So I don't think Tuchel is going to be very happy having that many defenders on the left hand side. But, like, for example, if you ask Lyon fans how how Emerson did, they weren't very happy with him attacking-wise towards the end of the season. They were like, he isn't contributing. Um, Matson isn't really tested in the league. Um, And obviously, obviously Alonso is on his way to Barcelona. Hopefully, if they find cash Mm -hmm. under the sofa or somewhere. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so in terms of when I look at Chile, I see somebody who's comfortable in a back three, in a back four who can offer the same kind of balanced threat in both situations, as well as Reese James, you know, both can perform the same kind of duty, have the same kind of threat. When I look at Koundé, for example, who's great at a right centre-back, when I've seen a lot of his games at right-back, he isn't quite as effective because he doesn't have an incredible final ball. And he's he's just very, very good when he makes runs from deep. You know, he's like Connor Gallagher at centre-back. If you're going to keep him in advanced positions, He's easier to mark. Mm -hmm. He's easier to keep an eye on. But when you keep him in a deceptive position, when you keep him deep as one of the eights, like a box-to-box eight, when he is shunting up and down, it's the same with Kunde. So I don't really think that when you get a Kunde, you can say, all right, I'm going to put him at a right-back. He can play there. He will offer defensive solidity, but going forward, not going to be the solution that you look at. So effectively, maybe the plan would be if you're going at a back four, is to find a player who can play both left and right. There are a couple of them in the market. Joachim Mele uh, at Atlanta is somebody who can play both. He's sort of fallen out with Gasparini in in the past season. He's been benched by, guess who? Zappa Costa. (laughs) So so it's been been a bit of an issue because he does play really well for Denmark. You know, he, he plays both sides and, he offers a lot of threat. I mean, he plays usually in a in a three at, at Denmark, but at Atalanta, he's also played in a four, and he does well on both sides. So maybe somebody like that, who's a multi utility player, can play both sides. Um, but otherwise, I don't think we have the profiles to to offer the kind of balance you need at at left back and right back.
0: Yeah, I I, th- I think like much of the squad, it's a big question mark that we'll learn a little more about. Uh, I mean, yeah. we haven't even said Kennedy's name yet. I don't think. And he's there. Yeah, okay. He'll be back. Yeah. Like for the fifth for the fifth preseason, he'll be back. Maybe this is the year that he, I don't know, impresses somebody.
2: But yeah, and, it's and it's really a that, question mark. Maybe we are looking at Livramento at right, you know, at, at the right back position. We've got a buyback on him next season. And I think he will be definitely one to look at because I, I Ollie will definitely agree with me in terms mm-hmm. of like seeing him play at that youth level. He was he made you like get up from your seat and say, wow, this kid is going to make it. He he is definitely one of those talents. I think for his for his first season, very unfortunate with his injury, was out, then couldn't find his rhythm, was in and out of the team. But he's just 19 years old, you know, 18, 19 years old. And I think at if in 2023 we can exercise a buyback, he solved those problems. At right wing back, he would be amazing. But at right back, also he offers the same kind of balance. So save your funds keep an Amperou there, or if possible, Lujan Sterling there. Uh, On the left-hand side, either keep Emerson. If Barcelona can't find money, keep Alonso for another year. He's not going to get any slower. So keep him. And then after that, just figure out (laughs) what to do the season after.
0: Yeah, I think there's plenty of room to sit and consider the options, especially, I mean, that lever buyback is... a game changer if he has another great year. I mean, we're talking about one of the best fullbacks in terms of young footballers in the world. So it's exciting to think about that option as well. I, I do agree that we should play with our cards now and, and keep that in mind because who knows? I think it's 40 mil is what the rumor is. So he has another season like he did last year and the year before, and then we're talking about a player that's definitely worth buying back. So it's definitely an interesting show. But um, yeah, I think I mean I think we've covered the whole squad going on the tour pretty much. We brought up Kennedy late there. That was a late winner on the list. Uh, <laughs> I think Malong Sar. I mean, we didn't talk too much about him. I think he's a pretty polarizing figure. If, if you guys have any thoughts there, I, I know during the season people uh, wanted him to win their hearts, and it didn't quite work out that way. I would say so. Maybe an interesting figure. Maybe he can win some win some favor back a little bit this season. Ali is, Ali <laughs> is nodding his head. No,
1: as, you know, as, as much as much as I as much as I like Malang as a as a person, I think if he's still in our Premier League or Champions League or Cup squads heading into the new season, I think something's gone badly wrong behind yeah. the scenes, and we've made a mistake. So.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I agree. I mean, His story is lovely, isn't it? I mean, he just gave an interview saying he has never been on a preseason tour as extravagant as the United States. It's the first time for him. So when you when you read those kind of stories, obviously you feel a certain kind of endearment to them because obviously it's a it's a big thing in their careers to be able to to go on a preseason tour with such a really good squad and and enjoy that. So it's great. It's great for him to have that experience. But again, I think it's just an auction at this point. Figure out if you can find a loan or if you can sell him and, uh, you know, let him play and develop the way he needs to at this point in his career. But like all he said, if at the end of this window, we still have Barkley, we still have Malang Sar, we still have a lot of deadwood lying around, then then it's going to be a tough and long, long season.
0: Yeah, uh, it's he Malang Sar gives me the Baba Rachman. Uh, vibes, you know. He's such a sweet guy. He's lovable. Still on the Chelsea squad, by the way. So maybe it's of note, he is not on the tour, Uh just in case anybody's shocked by that. Baba Rockman, who is still a Chelsea player at the moment, not making the tour. Uh, I'm not sure when his contract ends. I can't lie. I'm trying to look it up quickly, but I probably will not do it in time. But he gives me the same vibes, you know. It's a young player who Kind Of showed up at the club not as a big star. I mean, there was some hype around him, he's young, but he's a sweet guy. He's just not, not. it didn't work, it just didn't work. That's really all you could say, it just didn't quite work out. So, couldn't agree more. We'll see a lot of people move out of the club this year. Um, and we'll you know, maybe we'll start some new names that'll float around. Charlie Musanda gone as well. This, it's, it's, it's a year of change at Chelsea, I gotta say. Um, something that's become a bit of a trend lately. We're a little more about letting these youth players go do their thing nowadays. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Um, But yeah, I think that really brings us to the end of the tour. I don't know if you guys have any more exciting things about the tour that you want to call out. I'm sure the guys wish they were here to talk about all the couple of beers they're going to drink in each location with all the incredibly exciting people um, that they'll meet along the way. But yeah, I think that's our thoughts on, on the tour. Do you guys have anything to add?
1: Just make sure you, you know, check out all the events that London is blue are, are hosting and so you can get involved.
0: Yeah. That's the biggest shout. I mean, just just make sure you're keeping up with what all is happening. Whether it's us, whether it's Chelsea in America, you can find them on Twitter. They've been tweeting out beautiful little infographics with their whole schedule. I've been keeping an eye on them. Um get involved. It's going to be a great summer over here in the U S it's a rare thing. It's been a while. The last time I went to a U.S. game was in Charlotte against PSG and Courtois scored a screamer of a winning penalty. So, I mean, if anything that exciting happens this summer, we're really in for a good year. So we'll see you there. I'll see you guys in Orlando. Um, Thank you, Ollie. Thank you, Sam, for a couple episodes. These were really fun. All right. Next time. We'll see you next time. Keep the blue flag flying high.